Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. I want to welcome everybody back to another episode of IG2G. Yes, this Woo! is episode 70, Woo! the big 7-0. Today, we've got all sorts of fun releases for you. You know, we're back at it, shooting them games right out of the sky. And we've got a fun little general topic in which we're going to discuss all sorts of fun things. So with that being said, we're going to wrap this up and get going because it's what you all deserve. Number five. So for my side of the releases this week, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. Because if you remember, if you're a long-time IG2G fan, you remember back in the day we used to do the releases, and then we would do, was it we would also do the topics as well? Like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 releases. We tried to do them real quick, and then 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 topics also, which really sounds kind of overkill right now, now that I'm talking about it. But back in those days, for my topics, I would like to find a lot of uh, unique videos or really cool things that weren't like physical game releases or, you know, digital game releases or whatever, but things that I thought were really intriguing and especially from like game design perspectives, things like that. So I stumbled across a video from the YouTube channel Game Makers Toolkit called The Two Types of Random, and that's going to be the first release this week. So this was a video that was posted on the 14th of January, so it was actually a release. Here we go. It's, But I, I really wanted to point it out and... It's going to carry forward into the other two games I'm going to talk about because it showed me, it showed off in this video. There, there's a whole lot to it, and I'll get to that in a second, but it showed off these next two games I'm going to talk about, and it got me so interested in them that I looked into them more and I got so geeked about them. And I don't think either of us have talked about either of these games on the podcast. So those will be my next two releases. But the first release this week, it's the two types of random from the YouTube channel. Game Maker's Toolkit. I encourage everybody to watch this video because, I mean, if you're interested in game design or just the theories behind game design, any kind of deeper dive of video games or games in general other than just I play it and it was fun, uh, this really shows off, like it says in the title, two different types of randomness that designers use in their games and the benefits and drawbacks of both. Now, I'll, I'll, I won't go, I don't want to go into everything that it talks about, obviously, but the two types of randomness, I'll define those, is they're talking about input randomness and output randomness. And that's basically like randomness before the player can take an action and then afterwards. So if you think of something like a roguelike, which randomly generates a level and then you get to play it, that's input randomness. Or, you know, whatever the layout happens to be, if you think of it like in an information way, you know, the the enemies can be laid out, however, in the stage before you you get in it to play it. You don't know where they're at. And then you have to deal with the consequences of that. That would be input randomness. And then output randomness is the one that we all think of, really. You know, when you're playing XCOM and you see 98% chance to hit and you shoot and you miss all your shots, that's output randomness. Like, you have taken the action. You've set up the strategy and you took action. And then the the randomness of the computer, you know, if the computer's literally rolling dice, like in a, a D&D-based system, if it's just computer calculations, whatever, that kind of randomness is output randomness. But what I really love about the video is it, like I said, it goes into the positives and negatives of both and the different aspects of both and the way that players perceive both. And obviously the easiest output randomness example I gave is the, you know, this percent chance to hit and you miss. And everybody has a negative connotation of that. 
I like how in the video they explain that that's not necess- that's not always a bad thing. So if you have that in your games or if it's in your favorite game, it doesn't necessarily, you know, make it's not a negative on its own. It's a lot of it is the player's perception of what numbers mean. And I, I don't want to spoil this segment too well because it's it's really really good. It's about two thirds of the way into this twenty minute video. But they go into how players perceive the percentages when they're given to them on the screen in a situation like that and what game developers also do with those percentages. I don't want to spoil it, but it's a really cool segment uh, talking about how maybe the numbers you see aren't really what they don't really mean what you think they mean. Or in some cases, they literally do because that's what players think of them. Look, just watch it. You'll understand what I'm talking about. But. The other cool thing about this video, like I said, is it brought to my attention two games that I'm super geeked about. Now, granted, they came out in 2019, like not even within the IG2G release window, but I'm so geeked about them. I'm going to talk about them in my next releases. What's Eric got coming up next? I don't know, but I got two awesome games coming up and I really encourage everybody check out this video. Like I said, if you want a deeper dive on game systems or anything, I mean, anything, check out Game Maker's Toolkit. It's a channel that I really love, but this I've been watching this video over and over again, like three or four times, because it just, something about it piques my interest. And also the games that they show off are pretty damn cool and get me excited to play those games. But check it out. The two types of random from the Game Mix Toolkit. Number four. I stumbled upon Tokyo Mirage Sessions FE. I had no idea what this was until I started reading about it. And then I was like, oh my goodness. I got another title that I really want to play. It was developed by Atlas, which is what originally caught my eye, because you all know we love the Personas and the Catherines, etc. It was published by Nintendo, and that made me go, cool. What this game is, is a game that came out long ago on the Wii U, except for the Wii U, of course, was a complete failure, and uh, anything put on it basically got left behind. It's crazy to see this coming forward. But it is a Shin Megami Tensei and Fire Emblem kind of mashup. Now, think Persona-ish. If you're not familiar with Shin Megami Tensei, in this game, you're going to take over some cool little characters in the you know modern-day Tokyo area. Stuff starts to happen. These mirages start coming and going crazy, hurting people, going nuts. They need help. They summon some Persona-like things called Performas. And these are where the Fire Emblem characters come in. They... Boom, hustle on down, they become your protector. They're characters from previous Fire Emblem series, but if you don't know what that means, it doesn't really matter. Just think of them as your your guardians, your weapons. You're going to use them just like you would your Personas in the Persona series. You're going to go through these really cool dungeons, which are all hand-done, 3D environments, all that good stuff. So you're getting out of the randomly generated stuff that was of the past. Now you're in the future. The graphics, of course, are, you know, a little bit older, a little bit dated, but still a very high quality game. The battling system's really awesome. Using the personas, upgrading them, getting new abilities, tagging and timing your attacks with your friends into what call, what's called sessions. So they're all coming in and attacking at the same time. Like I said, think a persona type game with some Fire Emblem characters in there acting as your guardians, and you've got yourself a really cool RPG on the frickin' Nintendo Switch. I don't know how the music is. I didn't really get to hear much of that, but I watched quite a bit of gameplay, 
and I am super enthralled and can't wait to get my hands on it. Like I said, those dungeons are all handcrafted, so you're going to get a unique experience throughout the entirety of it all. It's not dubbed. It is subbed, so if that's something that you kiss can't handle, stay away. But over time, I have come to appreciate the sub. So, once again, this is right up my alley. I can't wait to jump in, see where these wonderful characters go, where it takes me. They've even got a Joker costume in there, so you're... Main character can be dressed up as Joker, so it's it's like basically almost like you're just playing Persona, right? What's not to love about this? And Atlas made it, so you know it's got to be good. And Nintendo put their stamp of approval on it. What's not to love here? Go check it out. Get yourself an awesome freaking RPG on the Nintendo Switch today. Number three. Now, next up on my releases, it's a game this time. It's not just a YouTube video. It's a game developed by Megacrit, published by Humble Bundle. That came out for pretty much every system in 2019, except for iOS and Android. So if you got a, if you got a Switch, if you got an Xbox One, PS4, PC, Mac, or Linux, you can play this game. And it's something that has been cropping up on a lot of Game of the Year lists that you know I've been seeing, whether it's IGN or you know a bunch of the podcasts I've been listening to, and hearing people talk about this game combined with what I saw of it in the two types of randomness, the YouTube video I talked about earlier, really got me interested in what this game was all about. And when I looked into it, holy smokes, if I had known anything about this, I would have been playing it in 2019, and it might have been up there with Thronebreaker for one of my games of the year. It's Slay the Spire. Now, if you don't know anything about it, like I didn't beforehand, this is a roguelike deck builder game. So if you Man, if you love card combat and you love combining cards to, you know, take the effects from one card to pump up this card, to pump up that card, to use a lot of synergies. And, and that's a term that the game makers toolkit used for a whole video about the way Slay the Spire uses synergy. And it got me super, like, super geeked and super in depth and super, uh, super hyped for this game. I don't, I don't even know. I'm so excited. I don't even know what to say because it looks so fun and I can't wait to actually get my hands on it. Like I'm going to oh, go add it to my cart as soon as I'm done recording this. But what the Slay the Spire is, it's, I mean, if you know a roguelike, you're generally either going down a dungeon or up a tower. I think here you're going up a tower and you have kind of like a, like a little map screen layout of like four different paths you can take. And before you start, you build your deck. You've got items or attacks or this or that, the other thing. And as you go along each of the paths on this map, you encounter different, or you have different encounters, whether it's monsters, whether it's shops, whether it's just events, and you deal with them. And as you deal with them, you add more cards to your deck. Oh, man, it's just, what it really puts me in mind of is Hand of Fate. If anyone played Hand of Fate 1 or 2, it's pretty much similar to this, except for in Hand of Fate your your action, your fighting was actually a third person brawler essentially, but it was all based on your, your you know your card equipment and abilities and all that stuff. Here it is basically more or less just a, a kind of like a turn based RPG, but all card based. Think of maybe maybe Baton Kaitos, but that was another game I didn't get to play. But essentially, when you go into battle, you draw a hand of five cards, and you have like a certain number of like skill points or mana. So each, each card has its skill point cost in the corner and you use those cards in combination with themselves or with your equipment cards to do damage to the enemies, to buff yourself, to, you know, defend against what the enemies are doing. And a really cool thing that I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm all over the place, but what really excites me about this too is, you know, in most games, if you're playing an RPG or whatever and you get the, the side on side battle, you don't know what the enemy's going to do. 
what's, what is really cool in Slay the Spire here is each enemy has like a little like like icon over its head or like a little tooltip over its head. And if you hover over it with your mouse or your finger or your cursor or whatever, it'll tell you like what that enemy is planning to do. So you, as you're looking at your cards, you're not only planning what you can do to damage the enemies, you may be do- planning what you can do to mitigate what they're about to do to you. Like if you have like three offensive cards and two defensive cards, but you see they're going heavy on attack, maybe you just want to put up the two defensive cards, stash the offensive ones, or prioritize one over the other. I will say probably the weakest aspect of it is probably the graphics. They look kind of strange to me, like flash gamey style, but man, when I'm watching those cards synergizing with other cards, again, on GameMaker's Toolkit, that YouTube channel, they have one all about the synergy of Slay the Spire. And they go through an example of, you know, a rogue character, because there's three different characters in here. I think there's a warrior, a rogue, and a mage, essentially. So the rogue setup that they show has relics that buff cards with zero mana, give you more cards each time a card is discarded, and then allows cards that cost zero mana to do bonus damage or something like that. But then when it shows the base layup of the rogue deck, there's tons of cards that cost zero mana and get discarded as soon as they're done. So when it's showing this setup, you're using all these zero mana cards. They're getting buffed in two different ways. They're getting discarded and new cards are coming into the hand, but they're also zero point cards. So you can just use them and just loop all this crazy stuff. And it just got me so geeked. I got chills right now. Like I got goosebumps right up my back thinking about building a crazy deck and just just going nuts with it. Now, I will say this isn't a long game. It is a pure roguelike. So if you're just making runs up and down, you know, the spire, you're, it's going to be like an hour or two maybe per run. But I believe as you beat each run, it gives you a bonus for the next run. Or you have different options to start with as long as you reach the boss. You don't even have to beat the boss. But as long as you get to the top of the spire or if, or if you slay to the top of the spire, whatever it is, you get bonuses for your next run. So it's... It just, oh man, it looks really cool. If anybody has any interest in roguelikes or deck builders, especially deck builders, whether it's whether it's combat related or actual like physical deck builders that you use actual cards for that you play with your board game friends, check out Slay the Spire. I'm going to be checking it out as soon as I'm done with this. I can't wait to download and play it. Oh my God, just get it. It's Slay the Spire. It's on everything except iOS and Android. Just, just get it. Just ha- get it and have a great time. I'm telling you. It's going to be good. Number two. It's about dang time. This release I've got coming for you is for Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. Released January 17th, 2020. It is Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Everybody, your action role-playing Dragon Ball Z adventure is here If you're a fan of the Dragon Ball Z world, you get to take over Gohan and Goku, of course, and go through all the original story with them, going up against Vegeta and all those other weird characters. I don't know. What's a Padpon and uh, Pui Pui and uh, Cell? Yeah, Cell's one of them. And what's a Frieza? Oh, man. Anybody who likes Dragon Ball Z, y'all know what you're talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You probably already have this game. Because as I said at the top of this, everyone has been wishing and waiting so many years for this title to come out. Alas, in Fighters, you got yourself a really cool fighter, but you didn't get this. If you want to have yourself a fun time going through the story, once again, of Goku and Gohan, 
leveling up your abilities, getting into all those big epic fights, flying around, throwing out those fireballs, turning into a monkey man. It's all here for you to do. The reviews for it are all over the place. But guess what? If this is your cup of tea, you like having yourself adventure, going to all of the classic cities and towns, going to the play, the world with the green sky and stuff. Whoa. Dragon Ball time. What? Go for it, everybody. Get out there, check it out, and tell me what you think. Cause I used to have to be, you know, forced to watch some Dragon Ball by my roommate long ago. So I know it's a little bit of it, but not much. Never been my jam, but if it is yours, get out there and have fun. Number one. And last upon the releases this week, it's another game that's been out for quite a while in 2019, but it gives me all all the same chills and all the same excitement as Slay the Spire did. This is Dicey Dungeons, developed by Terry Cavanaugh, who is the guy behind VVVVVV and Super Hexagon, two really awesome indie games published by him as well. Hey, there you go. This is out for PC, Mac, and Linux. I believe it's coming to Switch, iOS, and Android sometime in 2020. But everything that Slay the Spire was with cards, Dicey Dungeons is with cards and also dice. And it's just, if you've ever played like a like a, a, a worker placement or like dice assignment game, like in real life, where you roll the dice and you put your dice here and there to do different things, and the values on the dice affect what you can do in these certain areas, that's Dicey Dungeons in a roguelike dungeon-crawling setting. Like you, you're going through different floors of dungeons, you're fighting enemies, you're picking up items, you're having different encounters, and as, gosh, the just the screen, <laughs> just the combat screen makes me so happy because... You play as different characters, you know, have the, have the different character classes, and each of those has different abilities and equipment, and all of those are represented by, like, little little tiles or little cards that show up on the battlefield, and as you roll your dice, you can assign your dice to those different cards to, you know, attack the enemy, to buff yourself, to modify your dice in certain ways or, you know, combo your dice together. You know, some of the cards will require, like, an even die on it or... You know, damage will scale one to six, whatever you rolled or whatever you put on there. One of the, one of the cards that really, man, I was watching a video and a review of it and it really just kicked things into overdrive for me was there was a piece of equipment that made your die value go up one. So, you know, if you had a one, now it's a two. If you get a two, now it's a three. What's really cool is if you put a six die on there, it would give you a six die and a one die. So you get to double not double your dice, but double that die. So now if you had an ability that needed a one, you only had the six, boop, 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 boop. It's just, it's it's synergizing and it's alternate. It's, it's modifying what your random role was. And just everything about this game makes me smile. Anytime I watch it, it gets me excited. It makes me happy. The graphics are really like cute. It looks like, I mean, it looks like a mobile game in like the best way. Everything's cartoony, everything's cute, everything's big and clear and just easy to parse out just with just by looking at it. All the text's really clear, the you know, the item cards, you're not gonna get those confused. But what's really, really cool about this is not only the manipulation of your dice, it's the manipulation of like the enemy's dice or the way they can manipulate your dice and the way you can manipulate their abilities. One of the abilities I saw, I think it was maybe the witch character had some shock abilities. You could shock the enemy. And what that did was once you shocked them, it would basically 
lock down their abilities or equipment, the, those cards, it would they would turn black and say, shocked, you know, spend a die to unlock this. So if, you know, you know the enemy's only rolling two dice, you can shock them, take away a bunch of their abilities. Now they're essentially only rolling one die because they can unlock one and then use it. So it's just everything about Dicey Jun- Dungeons is totally up my alley. I've heard the music is like banging and really bumping chiptune soundtrack. It looks cute. It looks cool. But then it's also... I mean, it does have the random element of, you know, rolling dice and building your deck of, you know, well, I guess the deck building is not really that random because you, you choose your equipment, but you can, you know, you can go to different shops and destroy equipment. You can upgrade your equipment cards to have different effects when you put your dice on them. So it does have the, the random element of the dice rolls, which, you know, I've heard people complain about because, I mean, some of us have really bad luck with dice rolls and they are just dice rolls. So it, there is the random chance to it. But what I really love about this this game and this setup is, like I've said before, if you get those those cards into your deck of equipment pieces or spells or abilities or what have you that allow you to influence your dice. Like there are so many I've seen in the gameplay that I've watched that let you put your, you know, add to your dice or re-roll a die or whatever that I feel like once you build up your character and your deck a little bit, the the randomness will it won't ever go away, but it'll be you'll be able to mitigate it by choosing an awesome deck of abilities or equipment or or whatever it is. This is another one I'm just I'm so excited to play that I don't really know what to say. Like all of this stuff is totally up my alley. Like I know a lot of people aren't into board games or card games or deck builders or dice games, but if you are, you definitely need to check out Dicey Dungeons and Slay the Spire. And check out that video that I talked about in the first release. You, you know, these games aren't, aren't going to appeal to everybody, but they super duper appeal to me. And that's why I'm excited to talk about them on the show. Get them a li- at, least, at least a little bit more pub because they're, they're games that I never knew about. I knew nothing about them. And now I got to look into them and find out about them. If you knew nothing about them and you're into this kind of stuff, hey, boom, there you go. Go check them out. Go watch a review. Go watch some gameplay. If you're into this type of stuff, if you're into dice rolls, if you're into cards, if you're into deck building, you're going to love both of these games. I know I'm going to love them. This is another one. I'm going to go add it to cart right now. See you later. Imposter's topic of the day. So we're sitting here skimming through the internet this week, Matt, and I'm like, man, there's really not too much to talk about. There's no juicy bits coming out, nothing Mm. crazy or outrageous, except for the fact that there's been like every big game that was coming out in the spring almost has been delayed at some point or another. A couple mm-hmm. of them just a month away, several of them tons and tons of time away. So the spring of doom that was upon us has now dispersed into just, Phew. eh? Question mark. It will fall be an evil time of despair and sadness now. I don't know. It depends on what's coming out. What's the PS5 got in store for us? The new oh, yeah. Xbox, when are they coming out? What's going on? The Switch that's supposedly rumored to be around, the upgraded Switch that's going to handle more stuff, more graphics, more blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, you know what? Let's just kind of do a little little, little jar full of tidbits and nibbits and just have a fun little conversation about some games we're looking forward to year, this year. Uh, what systems we're intending to purchase come this fall time, if any, mm-hmm. if all of them, who knows? Go on about all that and maybe also what's up with these delays man this is like video game just 101 now just everything's delayed it was delay 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 i'm starting to get like ptsd from it you know what i mean like <laughs> i can't trust the date i start to get like anxiety as the date gets closer you know what i'm saying it's coming 
this is coming on. I don't know. I don't know if it's coming on. <laughs> They've lied to me so many times. You know, oh god. You know, I, I can't trust anything anymore. It's but it's crazy. What's going on? <laughs> that is true. Now I was I was gonna. I was going to start off a totally different way than you took us down a completely different street. <laughs> so one thing I'll say is, I mean, hey, I'm one of those guys who, I mean, you've seen me on Twitter, you know, our, our buddy generic, he's the same way. If delays mean a better game in the end, I'm all for it. Delay everything. Delay everything a million million years away. I don't even need to play anything. I got so much backlog right now. I can't even play new games. So just delay everything. But I think it boils down to, again, like I always say, like, the video game industry as it is, since everything has to be this super massive, ultra magnus, 80 hour, you know, open world live service, this, or even if not just those, just this in, enormous single player type games, they're going to be that big. So anytime there's any kind of issue, a delay gets even bigger and bigger and bigger. If it was something, you know, indie games don't get delayed. They throw it out there. Ah, it's as good as it can get. And maybe a couple patches down the road. But when you get something like, I'm sure, Cyberpunk 2077, that's the big one everybody's been hooting and hollering about lately. If you get something that's supposed to be that big, with that big and involved of a world, a CD Projekt Red game, if you delay that, you, it's, it's so massive already. So to fix or adjust or make changes to something that's as big as this house, you gotta, you gotta move that real far, real, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Well, what's real nice about that too is if I don't know if you saw their statements and whatnot for Cyberpunk in general was they were like this done the game's done complete, mm-hmm. but we're delaying it because we want to make us the epic, the right, epic right. of the century. We want this to be the farewell to the PlayStation Four as the best thing you've ever played on the PlayStation Four ever will mm-hmm. have played on the PS Four. So that one's encouraging for me. Like that one yeah. didn't bum me out because like you said, I, there's so many games coming out this year that I'm excited about. And that one I know will have quality to it. It will be an amazing game. Whether it's, it jives with me, that's, you know, we've talked about this one before. Right. I'm looking forward to it, but it's just, it's starting to look almost too Fallout-ish and less Witcher-ish mm-hmm. that it's scaring me a little bit because I don't like those open world games like that where yeah. it's just do whatever like it lost I get scared I can't do it so it's <laughs> it's teetering on that gonna be an amazing game for me or it's gonna be a terrible game for me but either way I've already bought it right so dang you know I'm hoping <laughs> for the secondary but we'll see so may- maybe I should cancel my pre-order, and in case you hate it, I'll be like, yo, Eric, I got 20 uh, bucks. Here's this I'm game sorry. you're never going to play no more. Why don't we just swapsy-wapsy? It was part of my deal with my brother. I bought it digital. Oh. Well, so just, that hey, way he can play. Hey, dude, I'll give you 20 bucks to lend me a PlayStation 4, because <laughs> yeah, you're going to get your play- PlayStation 5 soon anyway. Exactly. Who cares? Just give me that. Or play your Switch. You got like 25 games on there you can play. There you just go. Pick one. Go for it. Jeez. <laughs> So like that, that delay didn't bug me at all. They delayed the Final Fantasy VII remake by one month. Mm-hmm. That didn't seem like too big of a deal. So I was like, ah, eh, whatever. It doesn't I'm seem like too that. big of a deal because you've been waiting like seventy-two months for it already. It, well, exactly. You know, at this <laughs> point, but I do think it becomes an issue at some point. Like, uh, look at um, uh, what was that one with the uh, the big dog, like Shadows of the Colossus. Oh yeah, yeah, um, the Last Guardian. Last Guardian. I was excited for that game way back in the day when they were first talking about it. That thing got delayed so much, I lost all interest in it. Mm-hmm. All interest. I didn't care. 
two poops about that game when it came out. Yeah. I had no intention of playing it, never did play it. That's I, that's the downside. <laughs> I was looking forward to it, and I bought it. Well, I bought it way later when it was on sale. I still haven't touched it. That that just shows how... And, and that one was notoriously delayed for a very, very, very long, like years at a time. So that's that's obviously the extreme, but I'm with you on that one because that was something as soon as I saw it, I wanted to be all over that game. And then it just kept going and going and going. And I didn't even know it came out when it came out. I was mm-hmm. just on the, on the store one day and I went, oh, it's out? Oh. Oh, all right. But I'm already playing this and this and this. So someday. And someday has yeah. just rolled through into right now today. Zero. Exactly. And that's what can happen with a lot of these titles. And that's why I worry when it just keeps going and going. Like Last of Us 2 keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, winter, oh, spring, oh, summer, oh, fall, da 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 so on and so forth. True. To the point where I'm like, ah, okay. You know, and, and the ones that I typically fall off of are ones I was on the mid-ground with anyway. Right. Like, I was like, hey, you know what? That sounds pretty exciting. I'll, I'll keep an eye on for a while. It gets delayed two, three times. Off my list. It's gone. It's now mm-hmm. in the bargain bin. If I ever find it, maybe we'll see. Yeah. And, and, and so it's not good for them, you know, in, in some ways, because I, I was going to probably buy it or at least check it out seriously. Mm-hmm. Instead, because of all the delays, I just threw it out of my brain and let it come and go and pay attention to whatever else that I was a hundred percent in on no matter what. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I get what you're saying, but I will say, Delays this year, I'll take them. I'll take delays into the fall. I'll take delays into the winter because that means I can just be like, oh, man, hey, Eric, sorry, I can't buy that PS5 now. I'm still working through Cyberpunk 2077. I'm a PS4 here. I can't. Look, I'm I'm still working on the Final Fantasy VII remake that got delayed until, like, December 1st. <laughs> sorry, dude. <laughs> can't join you in next-gen Wonderland. Hoo-hoo. Yeah. Yippee-hoo. I'm still playing that Persona 5 Royal. I haven't finished it yet a year later. <laughs> That's That won't happen. You know how I played Persona 5 original, so... Mm-hmm. Royals, well, unless it turns into a Catherine remake situation and we both totally screw it. And see, here's what I want to go on. And, and there's just everybody, here's a jump. Wee! Jumping Woo! into a couple games we're looking forward to. And this is one of them I know that's on both of our lists. It's Persona 5 Royal. Mm. And I was thinking about this today. I was like, will Matt actually go through this one? Because I've played it once full and then I played it like 75% of the way through a second time before I mm. stopped. And, and then I start, because I asked why originally, I was like, well, am I going to play it? I mean, right. I'm, I'm, I'm like totally in love with it and I can't wait, but I've almost beaten the game twice now. Mm. And I know there's a new semester and of course a new character and the new dialogue between said characters and all that and new, you know, new relationships, all that stuff. Yeah. But I'm like, do I got what it takes to do a 120 hour dump on a game I've beat almost twice already? Oh, this is a test. And I know you typically don't do those kind of games over again. So I'm like, huh. We're both excited for this and both bought it, but I'm like, we're both in a position to screw the pooch on this one. The thing that does concern me about it, I mean, with with Catherine full body, it's a slightly different experience because it's, we're, I'm, you know, I'm playing it on hard, no assists, remix mode, so it's really, really hard, and it's fun, but it's it's daunting. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you always say, smashing your head against a wall for thirty minutes to get through a puzzle. But what I'm worried about with Persona 5 Royal is not not that it's going to be hard, but that it might feel tedious. Because when I, when, you know, I played through about half of it again. After I beat it, I played through about halfway. But it was so fun because it was super easy. 
Like I knew all the enemies, I knew all their resistances and weaknesses. And even if I didn't remember with my own human brain, the system did. You would hit the mm-hmm. button and it would go, boom, you just pulled it up, hee hee. Now I'm going to go through it again, now very far removed from it, so I'm not going to remember what all the weaknesses are. And I'll be like, oh, man, let me try out every single thing on, you know, Morgana, put your wind on this guy. Oh, Yusuke, put the ice on him. I guess one of us better shoot and see if it's that. That's the part I'm concerned about. Because as much as they did streamline the systems when we first went through it, now we're going through it a third time back to the basics. Mm-hmm. I, I, feel, all the perks. I, I feel confident in us because we love the characters and we love the story and we love the group and the group of friends so much that I think we'll be able to push through it, but it does concern me a little bit. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm pretty sure I'm going to make it all the way through. I have the added advantage of having a daughter who loves and adores that game, so it's like super stoked for me playing it. So I get that little, oh, she wants to come down and watch me play. I guess i got to play Persona 5 Royal. I don't Mm -hmm. got a choice. So I have that going for me, and like you said, the fact that you're even further removed is pretty good for you as well because mm-hmm. it means you'll get to you know get the refreshers and and go. Oh man, I forgot about this part of the story. Ha 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 ha! Yes, mm-hmm. this is great. Plus, of course, there's so many different romances and the friendships and links you can build up. There's one romance. There's one romance. Don't do too. it, Matt. You can't have the same wife. With- yes, can't. I can because no, you're going to so do the same else. damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try not to. <laughs> I can't see. I can't get away from it. You at least can because you got like that first semester almost before mm-hmm. she's even like doing the thing. Me, she's in like scene two of the whole game. She's yep. just sitting there, and I'm just like, oh, drool, drool, drool. Uh, I can't avoid it. I can't avoid her at all. She's just, she's right there. It's just in a story segment. I can't get you away. You said you were gonna go for a. Uh- a different one. You said you were going to go for, oh, man, me and names. Oh, it's killing me. <laughs> no. Dude, no. Why? The fog is in. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Just judging by the sounds you made, I'm assuming you're talking about Futaba. Futaba, yes, Finishing off Futaba, because I got her up to, like, level eight or something. Not all the way max last time. Well, well, see, that, that's what I'm interested in doing, too, though. Is since I know, you know, I know Ryuji's, I know Anne's, I, I know all the people that I did max out. What I am interested in doing is, you know, going back and maybe playing with different party members, too. Because I didn't u- use Yusuke at all, ever. Or I think there was one, one time I had to do, or yeah, or Haru. Which makes me sad because she's so far into the game, but mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to trying out some new party members and you know getting their all all, personas all, their, all the way up. Yeah, getting their personas up, getting their oh man, getting their social links up, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Or even like the I still never got the speech dude, the senator dude. I never yeah even I, I intended to go work at the shop first thing and get him growing mm-hmm. so I don't screw him up this time. Yeah, I think I so, got yeah. him up to like level one, even in my secondary playthrough. And I just went, whatever. I'm going back to, I can't just go back and do the same people, but, ah, ah. And the I arcade just, kid I just, and the fisher. I, I just got sad again because as, as you remember, once you maxed, maxed somebody out, their social link, you got the item that made it easier the uh-huh. second time through. Now uh-huh. I have to be like, hey, Ryuji, you want to hang out? And like, oh, well, he won't level up this time. Oh, well, better just waste the day because I need to level him up anyway because he's one of my primary party members. Oh, jeez. Yep. 
Oh, the sadness, Matt. The sadness of it all. Oh, I don't well. even want to play it anymore. Just cancel my pre-order. That's Jeez, too stressful. Right. I can't do it. Oh. <laughs> so that's one of the games that we're both definitely chilling out waiting for. Uh-huh. And another one, since we're on the shtick, is, of course, the new Yakuza. Oh, yes. Way of, was it Way of the Dragon, right? I think it's... I think it's by default it was just called Like a Dragon. I think they're probably like a make dragon. It way, okay, that's way of like the a dragon. dragon this there time. You go. That yeah. one with it changing over to the uh, Persona slash RPG mechanics. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm in, I'm in. I love this wacky crap that I watch mm-hmm. Matt play all the time. I love the insane stories and the crap that makes no sense. That mm-hmm. is right up my alley. I laugh and have fun with it, but I don't like the the smash beat 'em up stuff. It's not for me. Never has Man. been. Now they made an RPG, and I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. You got me. I have no excuse now. I got to get in and give this a shot. And that's, I think, right around the corner at some point. It's got to be coming up close. Because it launched, what, January or something in Japan? Uh, I don't think there's any kind of phys- any kind of date set for it yet. But Oh, there's, so there's nothing yet for the West? Eek. I, I don't think there's anything yet, but I think it would at least be like early summer at the earliest because the Yakuza 5 unlock still happens in, I think... February, so okay. they're gonna have to have at least a month or two after that to get to to get the next mm-hmm. big ones coming. So I, I would say I, I'm I would estimate summer to fall release. Gotcha. So basically, we've got March 31st with Persona 5 Royal. We've got summer fallish for Yakuza, mm-hmm. and then taking it beyond that, what else you got? Any other big games that are really just smoking a hole in your pocket? Well, I mean, we talked about Cyberpunk getting delayed till September. That's mm-hmm. that's like you said, it's one of those ones that's on my radar. It's not really smoking a hole in my pocket, but it is CD Projekt Red, and I love them. So, I mean, it's it's got to it's got to be there. I'm gonna get it. And I'm gonna have fun with it. Uh, two that aren't really smoking a hole in my pocket, but I've been interested in watching them for quite a while now. Uh, where's Skull and Bones, Ubisoft? Where's the Skull and Bones? Is that coming this year? Jesus Christ, I got to be a pirate man. I got to be swinging around on a pirate ship doing all my pirate things. And also Ubisoft, where the hell is Watch Dogs Legion? I want to be playing that this year. You know, harassing all the NPCs, putting them in the hospital, getting them out of the hospital, doing all the things. You remember. You remember I talked about it on this show. I don't remember, Matt. I don't God. remember it at all. <laughs> oh, God. That was that was the one where they advertised you could play as any character. Like everyone would have like their little, all the NPCs would have their little stats. And mm-hmm. you would like have them join your little order and then you could play as that character. Like you were like the graining with the taser in all the stuff. Oh, that's right. Yes. Holy crap. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever happened to that? Like I disappeared. Have, I have no idea. I think it got bumped. And then recently I saw it was like a news thing just saying, Oh, a, a future watchdogs game got bumped even further back. Like, into the end of the fall or something. I was like, mm-hmm. well, there's only one future one, right? Unless they canceled it. But it's still on this upcoming releases thing that I was just looking at, trying to remember cool games that should be coming out. There's two games that should be coming out. Ubisoft, you punks, give them to me. God bless. And, you know, they just released a statement just uh, the other day or today, was it, talking about how they're going to take reevaluate a lot of their games and get different writers in on things to mm-hmm. diversify their games and try to make them so they're not all similar in what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish. So maybe mm-hmm. that's got something to do with it. Maybe they're going back through and making sure it's unique and more varied to give it its own soul essence, whatever you want to call it. I mean, those two are pretty unique and varied like items. There's a mm-hmm. pirate ship game. It can't feel like Assassin's Creed because you're just on the pirate ship. Here's Watch Dogs where you're 
doing all kinds of crazy technological things. Yeah, and the, uh, all the pirate games never coming. That one's gone. So. No, no, shut yeah. up, Eric. I'm yeah. gonna skull and I'm gonna perform skull duggery upon some people. It's never coming. You better you better have some kind of magic because I know they were like, oh, we're gonna we'll get back to that someday. We're gonna do it." And I'm like, "I'm yeah, the no. magic man at the magic the magic school." school. <laughs> <laughs> but I, that was one. I mean, that's another one that got pushed and pushed, and we've never heard of it. But it was on that list, and I went, "Hey, where's it at? I hope it comes out this year. That'd be super nice." Uh-huh. Oh, I wish. No, I don't wish. Because those aren't on my replay, man. I don't even want to watch them. I want to see them. I don't even care about them. Thank goodness. Because <laughs> I got Doom Eternal looking at me right in the face. It's coming out early March, mid-March. And then I've got Final Fantasy coming out same darn time right there at the end of March. Mm-hmm. I'm in trouble. So, you know, my my Spring Doom is still here. I got lots of games. However, with Doom Eternal, you're talking, what, 8 to 15 hours tops probably to Something beat that, like that one? yeah. So that one's kind of one I can put on the side, play for an hour here and there in between the breaks. The two, of course, the Persona, which I already talked about, and then freaking Final Fantasy VII Remake. This is a game I've been waiting for since we were kids. Every time there's been a new PlayStation, I've been like, man, they should do Final Fantasy VII again. They need mm-hmm. to remake it. Never happened, never happened, never happened. Now it's finally here. Sort of. Because, of course, they were like, no, nah, we're not going to do it all at once. We're going to change this to three, four, however many ends up being giant Final Fantasy VII games. And we've mm. beefed them up and buffed them out all sorts of which ways to make this an experience each and every time. And I'm like, well, I mean, if you if you deliver on that, sure, I'm excited. It sounds mm. awesome. If you make it a bunch of, like, Witcher fetch quests and such... Or like Final Fantasy XV where you just go to the town and you're just doing tons and tons of side quests all over mm. the place and then move forward. I don't know how I feel. I'm not sure if I'm on board with that or not. So yeah. I'm kind of iffy on where we are right now with the Final Fantasy VII Remake. It can't be terrible, but I'm worried it's not going to be the the beautiful thing I, I was hoping for. Yeah, I want to see what that buff up entails. Like even when they said it, oh, you know, we're splitting it into episodes, but each one's going to be like the size of a full game. Well, what are you putting in there? What's happening in that world? I mean, obviously, you have that whole world. You can do like a million things, but gameplay-wise, what's different? What's unique about it? I'm, hey, you know, you know me. I haven't really been following it. Have they even been showing like stuff like that, or has it just been like, oh, here's a cool trailer? Phew. As far as I've been aware, yeah, that was it. They did the cool trailer. They did, of course, the big like 15, 30 minute gameplay shindig, mm-hmm. and then beyond that, supposedly a demo is right around the corner for everybody. Mm-hmm. It got leaked, and people were posting all sorts of stuff on what you're going to see in the demo. But it's mostly what you got if you went to the previous big-time events mm-hmm. where you got to fight the spider, but there's some added stuff in there. Okay. I didn't look at any of that because I didn't want any spoilers. Right. So I was just like, ah, whatever. But that's been it thus far. Huh. Man, I, I don't know. Like, I told you, I'm exci- I'm I'm getting more excited for it the more I see of it. Like, the more mm-hmm. I see it and hear the music, and I go, oh, okay, yeah, this is the thing I'm going to play. But just like you said, what what's in it? What did you do to make it these giant things? Yeah, they still haven't shown any of mm-hmm. what the buffer's going to be. So, I don't know. I, it could be good or bad. It could be it's awesome and they want to keep those surprises for you, or B, mm-hmm. it could be a bunch of fetch quest type things, and they're trying to hide that until you get it. And then you're like, what? what? What's going on? It's weird. And then right, either A, right. it still turns out cool, or B, you're like, this totally sucks. I'm just 
fetching 17 ghosts from the the train yard and bringing it back and doing all sorts of weird stuff that you never did of course in the original time will to, tell i have to imagine it won't be that cuz they're smart enough especially these days but anything can happen anything is possible exactly so with those two down what else we got uh, you know for me that's kind of it or i guess i guess i should give a shout out to resident evil 3 there you go. The Resident Evil 3 remake comes around here pretty soon. Another one right here in the spring section. So that's one I'm going to wait on. I'm going to play it this year, but I just don't know when. I'll probably mm-hmm. wait till it's a some sale, you know, 50% off or something. Because I enjoy the, the remake. I haven't beaten it yet, but I'm enjoying it and having fun with it. I loved Resident Evil 3 back in the day. So this is one of those ones I don't want to let pass by. Yeah. You know, and then uh, I guess while you're looking, I can go on my last one, which is Tales of Arise. Oh, yeah, there you go. I'm looking forward to that. I don't know what to expect yet. I just know that they're actually going to be doing one for the current console. So it's going to have graphics that are supposedly aligned with this console generation, which in of itself is amazing because, of as you always know, Tales games always get made for the previous console, come to us way later. And, you know, it's, it's, they're wonderful games, but they're always a, a generation basically behind what the graphics and the capabilities are of current gen. So mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to see what they do with this one, but I don't have any real expectations yet. Now I just found like two and I immediately forgot them because other stuff came in and I was like, Oh wow, that, that, that. And I totally forgot what I had just looked at, but <laughs> things I'm looking forward to. Hey, I called it earlier. The League of legends games, the League of legends universe games. I'm looking forward to those when they're coming out. They should be sometime this year. Uh, another one that I've been talking about for a while. No more heroes three. Whenever that drops, I'm going to be there first day with my little Joy-Cons doing the ooh, pumping up your saber and swinging your dash as you do, all the lightsabery stuff. Oh, man, I just, I, I had one. I had one and it's gone. Let me give it one last scroll and then I'll just give up and segue into something else. Oh, I got one last one that might, that might help you out. Okay, what you got, Persona. Eric? Persona Scramble? Well, obviously that. I didn't I mean, even mention on, it because we talked about that on the, on the, other, on the other thing yeah. we did. One of them other I'll just shows. Give it a shout out though. It's coming this year. We don't know when. They haven't got a release date yet, but I totally cannot wait. In a minute, the pre-order comes out. We'll be buying that one. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. Okay, two more quick hits. I got Carrion. That's the Devolver Digital published game where you're the you're the, mm-hmm. the giant the monster gloop. Yeah. yeah, the monster gloop thing that's killing all the humans. And then one other one that I'm going to keep an eye out for. I didn't know that the latest Romance of the Three Kingdoms game is coming out at the end of February. I'm going to peek into that some more because you know I love me some Romance of the Three Kingdoms, especially if it's that 7, 8, or 10 style. If you can play as anyone instead of just an overarching warlord, and even if it is the overarching warlord one, I want to see what new stuff they've brought to the latest one. Have they beefed it up so it's flashy and cool like the Total War games at all? Have they taken any influence from that, or is it still just the kind of stayed dry Romance of the Three Kingdoms formula? I know that's one that's pretty much just for me because I'm like one of the only people over here who likes those games, but... I'm looking forward to it. I didn't know it was coming out so soon, so I'm going to be digging my teeth into that one. Mm-mm. Now, that's a whole crap ton of games, and I'll tell you the truth. I probably missed a few that I'm looking forward to. There's probably mm-hmm. a few more that are going to pop up that we don't even know about yet. Oh, yeah. This year is definitely coming out to be a crazy year, and that's just for this current gen, which is what's extremely scary because mm-hmm. to finish off the episode, we've got – a freaking new console war coming. We've got Xbox coming out with the new Xbox. We've got mm-hmm. PlayStation 5 hitting. And this isn't 
said to be true for sure yet, and we don't even know when, but the Switch is talking about having uh, the Switch Up Plus, you know, the powerful Switch, basically, mm. coming around the corner. Wow. Uh, what are you going to do, Matt? You're going to get all three? You're going to get one? None? What are you doing? Well, I told myself this time that I was going to get all three, but honestly, Xbox hasn't had the exclusives that I wanted, and the last night never came out on Xbox One, so I just never got it. Now, every time I see a new system, I'm like, yeah, I want to get that. Like, I want to get that Xbox tower and have a little glow thing out the top. Mm-hmm. I want it, but is it going to have the games? I'm Obviously, I'm going to get PlayStation 5 just because I know that's where any Yakuza or Persona stuff is going to be coming, even though Yakuza is coming to Xbox right now. But it'll come first to PS5, so I, I have to get that. I basically have to get that. As for anything else, it's going to depend. It's going to depend on the games, especially mm-hmm. for Xbox. For Switch, I love my Switch, but I hardly ever play it. Not because the games are bad or anything, but I have so many big games on the PS5. So I, I honestly can't see myself getting that one unless there's some like Mario Odyssey 2 hits only for that. Then I'll have to get it because Odyssey 1 was... Man, that should have been on one of my Game of the Year lists. Jesus. There you go. <laughs> hey, honorable mention, Mario Odyssey. Jesus. But uh, what about you, Eric? Well, you know, I'm definitely getting the PlayStation 5. That's where all of Atlas games are. That's what's going down. I've gone with PlayStation since I got the PlayStation 1. I don't see any reason to get rid of it now. Like you, I used to buy all of them. So mm. I, I've been on board since the original Xbox. And then I got the, uh, the X, the second one through you years later, but yeah. got it and played the hell out of it once I had it. Mm-hmm. So I do like Xbox, but like you said, it just got to the point where they weren't pulling out anything special, something that I had to have. So, mm-hmm. and then with kids, everything else, I couldn't fork over the money to get all three. So I had to drop it. So I didn't get to play any of the new Halos or Gears of War, all these newer titles that just came out, mm-hmm. which does make me sad. And honestly, Here's why I probably still won't get on board is because if I really, really want to play these games, I own a gaming PC. Yeah. So I can just go buy them for the PC, play them through Microsoft there, and have a great time. Of course, I have a controller, you know, for the play uh, PC and everything else. Mm-hmm. So for me, there's just not a, really a point to go ahead and get the Xbox. So unfortunately, at this moment, that one's just a big no, not going to do it. And then the Switch Plus... I'm going to try to finagle away to Christmas present <laughs> the regular Switch to the kids, mm-hmm. and then we have to upgrade to the Switch Plus, you know, for the household. Right. I'm going to try to see if I can make something like that work, because I would love to have a Switch with a little bit more power, a little bit more juice, a little better screen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that way I'm playing those games at the max level of their capabilities and not having any sort of frame rates issues like that. And then, of course, just being able to put those larger games on there without buying all sorts of external this and that to make it work. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. That's, that's a little schemey plan. I don't know if it's going to work. <laughs> and, and I mean, you know, I, I said I am definitely getting the PS5. I just don't know when that would be. You know me. And if you on the podcast don't know me, I usually don't get stuff f- launch day anymore. I got Xbox One, PS2, and GameCube, I think, all on launch days. And I haven't done it since. I just got to wait for that one killer app that I got to have. For PS4, it was the Batman game. I don't know what it'll be for PS5. Obviously, we haven't really literally seen anything really for PS5 yet. Seen it in real action. So once once that gets narrowed down, I'll know if I even get it. Or if I'm just going to be playing Cyberpunk, like I jokingly said, but 
seriously would end up doing or, you know, any of the other indie or other smaller games that are coming out the rest of this year. It's, it's a gaming smorgasbord everywhere. So no mm-hmm. matter what you do, you're going to be, you're going to be fat and happy on games just like me. Oh yeah. Indeed you are. And you're also going to be poor because of all the games and systems yeah. that you're going to be buying. There'll be no money. I'm going to be getting screamed at constantly. It's what a wonderful time. I can't wait. It's all great sorts being of an stuff adult. to look forward to. It's awesome. <laughs> so there you have it. We've told you what consoles we're getting. Some of the games we're excited for this year. You know, del- delays make you mad. Are you happy that it's all got delayed for me? Now I've talked it all out loud. It didn't really help me out any. I still mm-hmm. have tons of games getting packed on top of each other. And I'm afraid with the ones that got delayed to fall are just going to compete for my time and love. With the new consoles, it's mm-hmm. going to be a mess. What a mess of a year. I can't handle it. But I'm excited in the same foot. Oh, One thing I will be very happy about, when the new consoles hit and we actually have specs, then I can go on Twitter and look in the trending topics of video games and not see people going, Xbox One leaked. Oh, it's 10,000 times worse than the PS5. And then you go down another tweet and the guy's like, PS5, hot garbage poop. <laughs> Xbox One, the new Xbox is going to be the way to go. Now they'll actually be out and everyone will go, oh, look, it's all the same. Like it always is. And Almost the same. Yep. Yeah. This one's got a tweak here and that one's got a tweak over there. And, uh-huh. and I won't see this this just disgusting display on Twitter all the time, every day. Every day I see it. It's disgusting. Hey, I agree. I agree, good sir. It is ridiculous and stupid. And it's like, you guys, just buy both. You know you want to. You know yeah. you love them. Get them or just get one and be happy. Let them be happy. Let you be happy. It doesn't matter. Especially you bastards with the blue check mark. I know you can afford it because you, 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 you afford right? enough for that check mark, you suckers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You verified, get your stuff. Stop acting like you crazy. You probably got one for free. What are you talking about? We well, probably got both for free. Kind of scam you pulling, you know what I mean? Trying to get people on a boat. You got them all over there. You playing whatever's hot so you can get all the views and the love. Mm-hmm. Give me that crap. And speaking of views and love, learn how you can give us that stuff in the wrap-up. Imposters wrap-up. So you heard what we're looking forward to. If you guys are looking forward to anything, let us know via email info at thirdshift.me, tweet at us at thirdshift.me, or find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Indeed, you guys. You can find us over there. But yeah, I get the music going because there's people out there streaming, podcasting, videos, YouTubes, just trying to make a living, these, these poor people. And they need you. They need your donations, your help. For the low cost of $10, you can put food in these streamers and content creators' mouths. And we would like to be part of that. We need the food that you're going to put in our mouths. So please consider going over to our Patreon and treat it like a tip jar and donate today and help us out because we want to help you out. And with that, we thank you. And we also thank you for joining us every time this show drops, because it drops every two weeks on Tuesday. So we'll be back in your ear holes on the 4th of February for our very next episode. And you can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. 
Indeed we do. We, we appreciate those five stars. We've gotten quite a few of them here recently. Got a couple great ones, a couple medium ones, a couple bad, bad ones. It was so sad. I didn't like it. It made me feel bad. But, you know, then I was back up in the stars because they were giving them out like candy and it felt great and I've eaten well. So please consider heading over there and throwing them five star ratings for us because it helps us help you. That's right. And hey, until next time, until the next time you hear us on Third Shift Proper or IG2G, there's nothing else to say but don't, don't forget, forget to save. save.